Hello and welcome to Stump, the Sinan's MCR podcast series, bringing you the world-class research done by graduate students at Sinan's College Oxford in an easy and non-technical way. It's my huge pleasure to welcome our very first guest on this podcast series, Ramani Chandramohan. Ramani, hello and how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Guillaume? I'm good, thank you. Ramani did her undergrad at Sinan's in classics and French and she must have loved it enough because she's back with us for a master's in modern languages. She has been very involved in the college life. She has been the BAME rep for the body of undergraduate students. She has been on the university challenge team which as someone who never made it past the first round of trials I found very impressive and she has received the Stan of the Term award in 2018. But today we're here to talk about what she's doing currently about her master's. Ramani, could you present briefly what your master's is about for anyone who might not be familiar with what a master's in modern languages involves? I'm mainly focusing on medieval French, but um, other people I know are doing, uh, say, uh, modern Greek, Russian, Spanish, uh, etc. It involves kind of taking your reading of um, particular like literary works to the sort of the next level. So for instance, we look at critical theories around um, post-colonialism, gender and sexuality, um, this idea of kind of uh, new ecologies in, uh, in what we're reading and what um, authors are kind of writing about. And um, there's also an opportunity if you're focusing more on kind of medieval or early modern works uh, to look at manuscripts and kind of the history of, of the book and how um, it's kind of changed uh, over the centuries. I'm assuming you'll have a dissertation to write. Ed. I know it's early days in the master's, but I was wondering if you already had a sort of rough idea of what you would like to write about. I think I would like to kind of focus on the construction um, of sort of religious, cultural um, and social identity um, in like in the early Middle Ages, particularly looking at the interactions between um, Saracens, who are kind of Muslim uh, uh, figures and their kind of integration or sort of assimilation um, into early uh, sort of medieval French society um, which is sort of dominated by Christianity so I think the the interaction of um, of different religions and different kind of cultural identities um, is what I'd like to to look at. Just to remind our listener that Saracen is the word used to describe the Muslim population especially the Muslim population living around the Mediterranean uh, in the Middle Ages Uh, and indeed there has been an important Saracen population uh, living in Europe and especially in Spain for much of the Middle Ages. Um, So there has been interaction, I guess, in in terms of cultures and religion at that time. Is this interaction between different religions and cultures um, that attracted you to study this particular period of, of history? Or what has generally attracted you to that period? A lot of kind of preconceptions that we have about it are are not really true. I think a lot a lot of people think it's uh, you know completely sort of dominated by the church and like there's I guess not yeah not much going on really. There's it's sometimes called like the Dark Ages or like even in, in the name Middle Ages it somehow suggests that it's sort of a you know just. Uh, 
not not quite you know the classical age and not quite um like the enlightenment or the the renaissance later and that's sort of missing something but i found um particularly in in the literature that i've been studying that it kind of turns a lot of our like preconceptions uh on, on their head um particularly around this idea of genres and like what uh, a particular literary work should be i think the yeah the, that idea of genre is much more fluid um in, in the middle ages and also even things like how works were performed um often by kind of traveling performers orally uh, rather than it all being about you you know sitting at your your desk reading a, a novel and even the sort of process of creating a text like you've got the the author who may or you know may not be uh, anonymous you've got say scribes who, who will be writing down um the the text and then you've got the the performer so i think it's uh, really interesting to see how kind of the yeah the literary works are are produced uh, in in the middle ages and one thing that i immediately thought about when you said you're concentrating on the early medieval french is the language in which uh, the writings or the pieces you're looking at is written because you do a bit of medieval French in school in France and I remember it being an almost completely different language to modern French and I probably can't really understand it. And so I was wondering how you deal with that issue. Do you take the text directly in medieval French or are there translations made to modern French? It's kind of a, mi a mixture of both. The, I guess the ideal is um, if you can look at the the original. Um, uh, although, as you say, like it, it it is pretty different to modern French, and also there's not really a kind of standard um, sort of spelling or, or grammar. I think which makes it um, extra sort of tricky. There's also a lot of like regional variations. So yeah, you've got all these factors which make it quite complicated to kind of understand. Um, but I, I found so far that um, I well I always aim to sort of look at the the original and I think sometimes um, looking at Latin kind of grammar that does help in some ways um, or looking at sort of features of modern French that have survived uh, that also helps but I do also kind of look at glossaries dictionaries or modern translations um, I think my one of my aims this year is to really improve my my skills in being able to read uh, the, the medieval French in the original you mentioned you're interested so more substantively on Saracens um, in the uh, literature of that time and if I'm Really honest, I actually didn't even know they were that present in literature at that time. For me, I associated them more with Spanish literature, obviously because of the interaction between Saracens and, and Spanish for a lot of the Middle Ages. And again, in, in French schools, you taught really early about how the, the French never were invaded by the Saracens. And so you, you never think of it as perhaps prevalent in French culture of that time. So how, how present is that figure of uh, of the Saracen in the French literature. Your point is actually really intriguing because I, I haven't explored um, that much of medieval Spanish literature, but I, I definitely like to look into it um, more. I think uh, you you often kind of get um, the the male Saracen figure, um, say, sort of being on the verge of invading, say, a part of sort of what we now know as uh, as France. 
What I've looked at so far um, would seem to kind of agree with this idea of, say, France kind of as a, an unconquered um, land in in um, the Middle Ages, kind of from a, a literary depiction at least. Um, so, for instance, if we consider the, the Guillaume cycle and in particular a work called The Song of Guillaume, the main character um, who, funnily enough, shares his name with you, a Christian and a French baron, and he's ordered by the Emperor Louis um, to conquer the city of Orange in the south um, of what we know as France today. And um, it's a city that's held by a Saracen couple, Thibault and his wife, Aurabelle, whose name changes to Guiborg when she later um, marries Guillaume and converts to Christianity. So here we've got the male Saracen figure um, sort of being unable to uh, resist this military invasion of the Christians um, and Guillaume actually takes on the name of the city um, becoming Guillaume d'Orange um, after uh, his conquest uh, at this point in the narrative. In studies of nationalism it's often said that um, national and social identities are often built on a process of us versus them in which a group creates its own identity by sort of building an opposition to another group. Would you say that the figure of the Saracens sort of in the French literature of the time served the purpose of the them, uh, of the opposition group in building the French national identity? Or is it a bit more complex than that? Is there also some process of integration of identities? The whole, the whole kind of process is complicated by the fact that, I mean, particularly with the texts that I'm looking at, they're all, uh, sort of, uh, as far as I'm aware, largely written from the perspective of Christians who may or may not have kind of had direct kind of contact with, um, with uh, Muslim figures from the East um, in sort of real life, if you like. So a lot of the time it is kind of this imagined um, sort of other, I think, to some extent, you do get uh, a lot of those um, sort of binaries of kind of, yeah, the figures from the East being depicted as kind of monsters with sort of horrible, like dark skin compared to the, um, you know, sort of shining white skin of the, the Christians. And yeah, that sort of, um, you know, go- good versus evil sort of trope. But I think you... Uh, also see, um, say, for instance, in the the Song of Roland, um, another kind of um, medieval French epic, that the depiction of the the Saracens is also kind of showing how um, courageous they are and how they are actually worthy kind of opponents of the Christians in terms of their sort of military might. Um, So, yeah, I think that in, from, from the outset, it would seem like there's very much this us versus them kind of dialogue going on. But actually, often this sort of like dialogue actually reveals um, a lot more about, say, how sort of uh, Christians living in uh, medieval France sort of conceived of themselves, um, rather than, you know, telling us a lot about the sort of historical reality um, of interactions with, say, Muslims. There's more kind of focus actually on um, integration and also a sort of equalization um, of Christians and, and Saracens as being 
uh, say, worthy uh, opponents on the battlefield as well. Now going back to your more personal path, would you say that this is a research that you'd be interested in pursuing later on at PhD level? Absolutely. I've, uh, I, I'm quite intrigued by the idea of using, for instance, say models from sociology, like looking at uh, how um, the you know, cultural uh, assimilation of, of immigrants has kind of been like, theorised um, about. And uh, I'd also really like um, to look further at the sort of institutional religious conversion um, and how it's uh, uh, portrayed, like that sort of moment of, of baptism, for instance, or changing um, one's name. And kind of linked to that, um, I would like to investigate the medieval Spanish context a lot more, um, where you've got interactions between Jews, Christians and Muslims. And um, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd love to sort of compare the yeah medieval Spanish um, sort of background to the to what's going on in medieval French texts as well. So I think there's a lot of um, possibilities for further research in this area. Maybe a synonym for more years, who knows, or maybe somewhere else. Now we're going to move to the, the final section of this podcast, which is the questions from students. There's a couple that I'd like to bring to you uh, from our social sec, Mirella. Um, and she asks, first of all, what kind of text and material do you work with and how do you actually go about obtaining them? A very good point, I think, um, when you're dealing particularly with sort of older sources, um, it's not like you can go into Waterstones and just, uh, uh, yeah, get, get uh, the, the book off the shelf. I think it, it kind of depends. I think at this stage of my sort of like research, um, I do tend to um, use, yeah, use works that um, have kind of been collated um, into, well, into a sort of anthology, say, or a sort of book form where um, you might have uh, sort of footnotes or sort of explanations uh, of, say, different variations on the sort of manuscript in which uh, the, these works were collected. But I would also this year and hopefully um, at sort of PhD level like to engage much more with the sort of material side of uh, manuscript and there's a sort of really rich collection uh, within Oxford itself. We have uh, yeah a, a lot of sort of rare manuscripts. Um, there's a lot of illustrations which uh, often accompany um, the, these, these works and uh, the sort of relation between text and image I think is something that's very important to consider um, within the medieval context. And, and in terms of I guess what sort of texts I'm looking at it really does vary uh, within sort of medieval French you have you know what we might now consider to be plays You've got long sort of epic poems about, say, sort of military conquests. You've got love poems, they're written by troubadours. You've got the, the fabliaux, um, which are kind of short comic narratives and are often quite, I guess, lewd or kind of scandalous, you might even say, um, in terms of their humour. So there's a huge variety of kind of types of, of, uh, of literary works within medi medieval French alone and um, 
there are a lot of uh, types um, which I haven't yet explored. Another question from uh, Mirella, perfect to conclude this podcast. What do you enjoy most about your degree and your research? It's a, it's a tricky one. There's, a, there's so many um, kind of elements that I enjoy. Um, for instance, I think it, it all actually boils down to the process of like literary analysis of um, reading a, a text and kind of thinking about connections to um, other things that I've read, to sort of particular theories, to modern day issues which have been reflected upon um, in previous kind of centuries is sort of building up that uh, that network of different yeah ideas and kind of images that is I think really at the the heart of kind of studying um, literature. Ramani thanks so much for your time that was absolutely fascinating. If you're listening make sure you keep yourself updated with Stump S-T-A-M-P it's an MCR podcast available on all mainstream platforms and directly on the MCR website at sinansmcr.org.uk. Make sure you join us next week for our next episode. We'll be chatting with Liz Gazzoli about international development and the emergency access to healthcare in places hit by natural disasters. Thank you very much.